it. But if she says to you, oh no, it's okay, but in a very special Anything that goes on between those two people. Let's be fair. Like uh, who you doing and why you doing it. That means that the, 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 there must be a clear problem uh, or a clear uh, understanding of why you're doing. It. Because sometimes we enter into things. Not the consequences and the intentions must be on the table. And the person. A bunch of different people on the podcast to cover different topics. Now I think we can just jump straight into the discussion. Um, the topic of today, and I think you've previously probably listened to some of the previous topics. Um, we talked about GBV. We've talked about um, issues such as money, mental health, and different topics of that nature. Um, today we're going to be talking more of a broader topic, uh, and this relates more to us in terms of, as you can see, the demographic of the guest today. Everyone is a young person, but most so we are all adults. And we are within a pandemic, and there's much more to gauge into what that means in being an adult uh, in this pandemic. But furthermore, within our generation as millennials, I'm assuming no one is above 40 so far. So, yeah. Um, but I think to start off the conversation, I'm going to start it on a very loose, casual topic. And unfortunately, because we're in the month of February, I was asked to ask this question. Uh, obviously, in a, in a few days' time, it's going to be Valentine's Day. And I think within the context of adulthood, uh, I should ask the question. And this is something I've probably also pandered onto. Uh, being a grown man and within Valentine's period, uh, you have the tendency, and I'll say myself, where I'm randomly asking myself why I'm on Facebook, checking what's my ex up to. But anyway, that's a different topic for another day. Um, so I think where I can start off with, and maybe you can just, and I'm gonna choose people randomly, just freely participate as you can. Um, as adults, and I think maybe the question can start off with, uh, in understanding, as we've aged as, as young people, uh, you're now an adult, you probably live on your own, you probably have your own responsibilities. Um, what weight does a relationship weigh in your life at this current point? And maybe I can start with Sibu, um, and I'll probably start backwards uh, to the first person who spoke. So Sibu, um, the floor is yours. What is your take in terms of relationship? Um, as an adult in this current era for yourself? Sibu? I mean, to be honest, it feels like I live for a relationship as an adult. Like, I'm constantly basing my decisions on um, will I be payable? Like, do you know what I mean? So, to be honest, like, when you grow up, there's these certain things that you feel like you need to check. And, like, in high school, you need to get into a good university. When you're in varsity, you need to get into a good job. And then, honestly, when you finish all of that, it's like, then get a good bay or get booed up and whatever. So for me, um, a relationship is really that. It's, it's that thing where I'm constantly trying to find myself with the right person or am I with the right person and stuff like that. So it's just a, a constant. I mean, when I say constant, it sounds like I'm being, I'm with a lot of people, whatever. But I mean, even if I'm with that one person, it's just, is that con constant introspection of like, uh, do I see myself with this person for like, for, for the future or forever and everything like that. So, yeah. Okay, great. Siwu, uh, Spiwe, what is your take on that? Um, obviously, you heard that some people in my, my sense, um, I, I can truly relate to the question of relationships. It's a complex topic, uh, but it's obviously something one has to think about, especially when 
on social media, there are different topics that relate to it. But what's your take on and what's your what value does relationships have in terms of you as a, an adult? Spewer? Spewer? Okay, I think she's probably still connecting. Mobile, uh, I see you've raised your hand, so I think I'll give you the, the opportunity. I Okay, I totally understand the idea of always constantly want, well, constantly trying to think of that part of your life. But I think relationships for me personally in my adulthood is, it can be important, but it's really not that important, especially if you're a person who is focused on trying to like get your life together, making money, you know, being futuristic about situations. I personally feel like being in a relationship is not that important purely because it's such an investment. It's, it's, it's for me, it's, I'm, it, it, I have to invest in the next person in which I personally don't have the time to do that because money comes first. Um, my future comes first. And it also goes down to the fact that then you find the right person um, as our previous um, speaker said, like you find the you have to find the right person, and finding the right person needs to understand that you have plans and all these things need to happen. And it's sad that we live in a generation where people are just living for themselves. People are out there looking out for themselves, and it goes down to the fact that why am I then gonna invest in a person that is gonna look out for themselves at the end of the day? It, it, for me, it, there's no point to there's no point to it at all. I feel like relationships are a waste of time right now, actually. Okay, I hear that. Shelton, what's your take? I mean, you're probably the only person who's not in Africa right now. What is your opinion? Okay, I'm just going to give you an example. You see this? This is coffee, right? I love it, but it doesn't love me back. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't have feelings. You know what I mean? We are love. You know what I'm saying? We live on love. Everybody has the desire to be loved. That's the truth. You know what I mean? You cannot even be in a relationship, but they'll all have a desire to be loved. That's what happens, you know what I mean? Because love is beautiful, you know what I mean? And when you're in a relationship, you know you have someone that supports you constantly. You have someone that can also, you know, build you up as a person, you know what I mean? You have someone that's always by your side and they can help you out even in problems or, like, um, situations that you've been before and you couldn't be able to handle those problems. You know what I mean? So relationships, you know, at times they could be good and they could be bad. And that depends on the person that you end up being with. Because sometimes, you know, these days I've noticed, you know, some relationships can be toxic, you know, whereby like um, people live in a way that is like, you know, kind of influenced by social media, kind of influenced by, you know, the things that we watch on TV. Because it's like, you know, it's pushed out there that, you know, if you cheat, you know, it's cool. You know, if you're sneaky, you know, it's 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 it's, it's cool. That means you're interesting or something like that. So they portray, you know, like normal relationships, like, like people that are actually in love, they portray that like it's, it's like it's boring. Do you get what I'm saying? No, they I portray it like it's, it's boring. So now what ends up happening now is that people now end up looking for the thrill. So when they end up finding someone that they end up being in a relationship with, what happens? If that if that thrill disappears, 
they're not, they're, they're gonna lose the interest, you know what I'm saying, that they had from this person from the beginning. And then when they lose that interest, they're gonna find another interesting person. Another interesting person comes along, you know, a different vibe, you know what I'm saying, different charisma and all this shit. So it's like your light gets turned off and then go to another person. So then that's the thing, bro. But then like relationships are actually more simple than we actually think they are. Because people now, you know, they expect too much. Like, we expect too much, you know what I mean, from other people. We're trying to, you know, copy and paste who we are to another person. You know what I mean? But then that is not possible. All we just have to do is understand each other, you know what I mean, on a personal level. And we understand each other. We have to also understand that problems are normal. It's normal to have problems in relationships. That's why we need to discuss with each other. But you know what I'm saying? But then some people, you know, they cannot handle that. And, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, we you... always make things, you know, complicated for ourselves. But then what we just have to learn is that, you know, relationships are actually a really important thing, you know, for our lives. We just have to realize it. Okay. okay. Now I hear you. So, thanks for that. Uh, maybe to end the aspect of relationships, because I think there's much more aspects of where this topic will be leading to beyond just relationships. So maybe we can end this part with Sibabato. Just, I see you raised your hand, so the floor is yours, and then maybe we can just move on to the other questions that relate to the topic. Um, I feel for me, relationships, I agree with Shelton. Relationships are so important. For me, they are a mirror. As an adult now, as I navigate my adulthood, relationships have become a mirror. Um, it's how I see myself. Because when you are in a relationship with someone, that's somebody who's really, really close. You know, they don't necessarily view you as everybody else would. And so for me, they are, they allow me as an adult now to strengthen my, um, my character. They allow me to, um, to also just strengthen the way that I deal with my emotions and they make me a better person. They make me less selfish, if I can call it that. So as an adult, they are much more important. And again, much more serious. It's no longer just dating for the fun or dating to waste each other's time. It's, yo, because I'm about what I'm about, I'm trying to become somebody. Um, so are you, are we going, are we going to do this? Or are we not, you know, and what are you really, it's really, really now such a big conversation of what are you bringing to the table? It's really no longer about finance. What are you bringing to the table? This is what I got. Do you have, let's go, or don't you move out the way type of thing. Um, very, very important. Uh, not trying to die alone. Hello. I'm, I'm definitely not trying to die alone. Uh, definitely not going to do that. But so they are very important to me very serious as I get older because also I've become somebody, you know, I'm much more aware of myself. I'm much more clear on this is not going to work. And you know, that type of thing. Okay. Now I appreciate that. And I think I, I can honestly say a relationship is important. I think maybe furthermore, I think one of you said that um, finding the right person is also key. So I think within that uh, as a collaboration of both thoughts, um, a relationship is key, um, but in however you form it, um, I mean, some people are into polygamy or whatever the case is. So uh, with whichever framework you choose, uh, I respect that. But I think, you know, as as the conversation and the topic was formed, um, the broader aspect of being an adult, um, 
you transition from being a young person within the confines of living with your parents and then now you are on your own if if I should say that or rather you have your own responsibilities and maybe I can move the conversation to the aspect of careers and I think this is one of the most uh rather important questions that was raised for us to have this conversation um considering the tough times that a lot of us are in um it's very difficult in terms of us just managing the situation right now in terms of jobs are being lost uh but furthermore career industries are being affected a lot in terms of the economic aspects so that's something that we can talk about but i think before we start that i think when we when you speak about being an adult in this current era i like i like to maybe pose this question um from the stage whereby you were a young person in your eight you were in your 19 20 year year age group um you had probably ideas of where your life was headed as an adult so i'd like to understand from that point of what you thought you were going to be at that point in your life to who you are right now has there been any change in terms of how you identified yourself or how you viewed who you're going to be today So maybe let me start with uh Sabelo. Uh the floor is yours. Uh what do you think um in terms of the transition from you being someone who was 19, 18, who you viewed Sabelo as as to who he is today in terms of, especially in terms of your career. Uh just switch on your mic and the floor is yours. All right, you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. So, yeah. So when I was in varsity I always thought like being an adult it's all about um doing being able to do things on your own being able to take care of yourself just being able to to do everything on your own really right? but i found out when i was i was starting to be an adult that there are different levels to adulting yeah so i finished varsity and then i got a job and then i started doing things for myself so i was like yeah i'm an adult now i can do things for myself and then as years went by now I have people to take care of. There's another level of adulting now. I have to look out for me and now look out for family. And then while you're trying to balance looking out for you and looking out for your family, now there are things that are now getting involved. It's relationships, finding someone. Now you have a girlfriend, you have family, and it's you on the other side that you have to take care of. and then now you have extended family like i think being a, it's so hard being an adult i never thought me myself and I, i'll be called to family meetings where we have to discuss uh, how how much a cow cost how, how to contribute to funerals and all of that so now i feel like eh things are just just keep on getting heavier and heavier on me I am struggling to balance this adulting thing. I had dreams of becoming something bigger than what I'm doing right now. But I cannot um go for those dreams because I feel like I'll be risking. Let's say I quit my job, then I say um am I allowed to curse? Yeah, you can you can curse if you want. To. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's say I say screw my job, fuck it, I'm quitting. Maybe I'm focusing into DJ. Yes, that I can do. But the moment I think of that, I think about the family that I'm supporting right now. I think of the people that are counting on me to take care of. Them. So now this adulting thing ends up 
pushing everything aside and then you focus on now trying to balance all of these whole um whole things that the adulting comes with you get me so i it's, it's a trap being an adult is a trap and, and it's it's something that it, it keeps on getting when you try to find balance there's a new level now that you have to deal with when you try to balance that there's something new coming in so it's a fight it's something that you really never get to get the hang of you're always trying and trying and trying to balance everything out. Nah, yeah. I mean, thanks, Sabela. Um, yeah, I think everyone can relate to the challenge of being an adult. And um, one thing that's difficult when it comes to adulthood is the fact that so much pressure is put on you. And I can definitely relate to that particular uh, aspect of being an adult. Asanda, what is, what is your relation in terms of your transition from being someone who was 19, 20 years old uh, to who you are today and has much changed in terms of how you identified yourself then as to who you are now? I'll just switch on your mic. That's a, yeah, um, that's a really good question. And when I think about myself when I was in high school, I thought I had like the sick plan, you know, the career trajectory from moving from high school to varsity and surely something will like work out eventually. But after I got my degree and then I went into, went into workplace and when I got my first job, it wasn't related to what I studied. So it was completely different and it was like, this is not me. This is not what I want for myself. So I feel like adulting is constantly wanting, it's constantly searching and wanting the best for yourself. So you're constantly doing, like you constantly have to put in place things to ensure that you get to where you want to be. So from the time I was a teenager, I was very much naive, very much chilled, very much like go with the flow. But as an adult, I'm finding that I have to really think my steps and do a lot of self-introspection and just um, think about the things that I've always wanted to do as well and just pursue it. So, yeah, so I've also gone back to school and, yeah, so I'm doing that currently and, yeah. Okay, okay. I think that's the, that whole transition and, as you said, constantly trying to just make things better for yourself as a key aspect of being an adult. Uh, Speedway, what is your take? Um, I know I've previously had you on the, on the podcast and we spoke a bit about your career, but what has been your transition from being a young person in your early, late teens and how does Spiewe look like versus then and now? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, as a teenager, I was always hyperactive. And I think part of being naive, I really didn't know what I really wanted uh, growing up. But I knew it had to do with something with dealing with people. And funny enough, um, I defaulted to IT which I loathed like in its core sense of the meaning. However, um, I'm still in the industry. I'm still in the, in the, in the field. But what I've learned is that um, life can throw you in different places. It's what you make of it. That's what matters. And I've seen that as well, that um, the more I grow in the space, there are so many other opportunities that keep opening up would somewhat tie to the younger me and the aspirations that I had as being a younger person, how to impact people, how to change people's lives. 
And for me, that has opened doors. So I think what I've learned most is just being critical and open-minded to say that, yes, um, I'm, I'm going to differ a bit from Gan um, Asanda, uh, what she said, uh, but not to throw her down, but to say maybe in my aspect that I did not like what I studied, but I was in the field that I studied. Um, but however, that open-mindedness really opened so many opportunities for me and my area of influence. You know, so sometimes you've got to just, as uh, the others have said, keep evolving and keep learning and keep studying and keep seeing how far you can go as an individual. Because I've seen that the more um, we sometimes want to be comfortable and comfort really doesn't yield much. But the more you are challenged, the more you are pressed and the more you are in that uncomfortable state, you always try to push to be in a comfortable state. So that means there's growth, there's pain, there's groaning. There's that constant pushing, as uh, Sabelo said, that you find yourself in one level at the one point, but then as you progress, you find that, oh, there's more addition, uh, additional responsibilities and stuff like that that are forcing you to be in another level. So that, for me, 19 to now, there's a huge difference, but I am actually glad um, that things worked out the way they are working out, um, but I wouldn't have had it the way they did, trust me, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Okay. Now I appreciate that. And I think, you know, you raised a good point in terms of from what you studied and in terms of what you're doing now. And maybe some people don't enjoy what they are doing now versus what they studied. And I, I think there's the question then raises about um, education and the university system or going to school. And maybe I can ask, ask Lungstas, considering that he has a pull in his background. So I think he is the proper person to ask in terms of adults. It seems like you've made it if you have a pool. I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. But um, maybe I can ask Lungstar. You've heard the question, obviously. Maybe I can pose it to you before I move to the broader aspects of other questions I have. Um, the transition between being... Okay, Shelton, I'll come to you afterwards. Um, but just in terms of the transition between the boy you were or man at 18, 19 and who you are now, and particularly in terms of what you studied versus what you're doing now. Is there any, has what you studied helped you in any way in terms of what you're doing in application with your career and life right now? Has it added value or is it just a case of, you know, I went to school and now that, that was just that tick box. Now I'm working. What is your take on that, Longstar? Yo, I, <clears throat> I think the young, the young Longstar back then, I think everything that I did was more about me, self-absorbed, everything that I needed. It was even the, how you planned. I want to get this. I want to get this. And all those things were more like selfish. They were more for you and less of everyone else. And one of the things that adult thing will, will teach you is that you're not alone. You're not an island. Every decision that you make, you need to be considerate of other people. Um, you know, my dream car was a two-door, two-seater. And... The reality of the matter is that I can't afford to have such a car because of the responsibilities that one has. Um, so those are the things that when you when you were young, you were thinking of yourself. Remember at that time, someone was taking care of you. And no one taught, told us, or maybe not, it never occurred to us that at some point, the person that was taking care of you might require you to take care of them. So these are things that uh, we were never ready or rather we were not prepared for. So I think for me, I was more self-absorbed, more everything. It was about me, um, what I want and what I need to achieve. And it was 
less about anyone else and more about you. Guys are working in university in support staff. Ah, my dear. Whatever I studied for was, it was a waste of time. I could have studied anything else, but I still learned the same job. Um, the only thing that they needed is someone that understands the environment. For the fact that I worked in a university, that was, the fact that I studied in a university was enough. So I've realized in life that sometimes we have our own plans. I wanted to work in corporate, guys. I will not last one day. Where I work, there's flexibility. I've been working from home. I decide when I want to go to work. The only thing they need for me is for me to deliver. I don't think most, um, and I don't think, I mean, if I'm going to say to the university I'm studying, they understand more than I will say to a bank that I'm studying. And the university will give you more support and you have resources at your disposal. I think that is the power of me working where I work. Um, I don't actually did not need the thing that I studied for. Is it helping? Not by any long shot. What I'm doing and what I studied for, I did industrial psychology. I manage residences, two different things. So what I've learned in life is that there are things that you just have to take the blows as they come and you move on with them. Um, would I want to go back to where I studied for? Never. I think I'm okay. I'm content where I am now. Okay. Now, um, maybe I can add my, my element. Uh, when I think about not necessarily the degree, but more of what I was learning at school and what I'm actually doing every day in terms of work, I can honestly tell you I probably wasted, I probably did not benefit much from some of the things that are written in textbooks um, in terms of application. And it feels like the degree itself was valued in terms of getting me the job, but in terms of what you're actually doing on a day-to-day basis, um, it's things that you can learn on the job and stuff like that. So yeah, um, Shelton, I know you wanted to, sp- to speak. So maybe I can move to you and then I know Spiro, you raised your hand, but then I'll also ask you the, uh, the next question. But Shelton, uh, what did you want to add? Can I curse? Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, this, you can definitely curse. Okay. To be honest, you start realizing that it's all bullshit. Like, <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's all bullshit. Because you know, when you're growing up, right? Our dreams actually blind us from the reality that you know life is not as easy as we think it is. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when you go to school and stuff, they only teach you, you know, book smart, like, you know, book knowledge, but they don't teach you life knowledge. Do you get know what I mean? So you don't know, you, you don't know what's, what's ahead of you. You just know this whole, this whole life, like, oh, you know what, I'm going to go to university, then after university, I'll get a job, everything will be okay, all this stuff. But then we don't even know. That's the thing, we don't even know. We're all blind, we all have this, you know, dreams and all this stuff. But the reality is, you're always going to struggle. You get what I'm saying? That's a part of us. You know what I mean? So then now when things start happening in your life and all this stuff, you start wondering, like, ah, am I doing something wrong? You know, this stuff. But no, you're actually not doing anything wrong. That's just how life is. You know what I'm saying? That's just how life is. So we over, like, we actually, you know, were expecting too much from life. And it's not like that. You get what I'm saying? So... You start to realize, you know, that in life, you know, there's, you know, some good shit that will happen and some bad shit that will happen. And then the journey, but the journey is the most beautiful thing. Because through, through, like, going out of hood and all this stuff, you start noticing who's a good friend and who's a bad friend. You start noticing that, you know what I mean? And you learn more 
you learn more like from your mistakes and like the experiences that you go through and everything. These actually mold you to becoming the person that you are right now when you're still learning, you know what I mean? So some of these lessons and some of these experiences that we go through, you know, they actually make us, you know, see what's real and what's not. You know what I mean? You can actually, you know, be able to have the ability, you know, to, to see like, you know, like let's say if someone, come, if someone comes to you and they have a certain type of character and all this stuff, he can remind you, you know, like, oh shit, I've actually, I, I know this type of vibe, you know, I know this type of character. Let me just stay away. You know what I mean? Let me just stay away because you've met so many people like that. But then at the same time, not all, not everyone is like that. You know what I mean? So like life, you know what I'm saying? Like, like life is filled with so much good you start seeing that it's filled with so much good but then there's just so much hate in the world there's so much hate in the world and people overcomplicate situations overcomplicate things you know what i mean and then you start to also realize um that when you're a black man <laughs> when you're a black man you know living out here it's not as easy you know what i mean it's not as easy because when you're a kid you're growing up you're your home you're comfortable be honest, you're comfortable, you know what I mean? You you don't know what's waiting for you on the, on the other side of the road until you actually start experiencing it. So you start noticing these things, you know, you go, you look for a job, and you don't have as much as you know opportunities as you know um some people. And life becomes hard, but then what keeps you moving is that you know you have hope and you have family as well, they keep pushing, you know what I mean. They keep motivating you and stuff. So you just hold on to that. And you start realizing that, that um family is really important in your life. Because before, remember, you used to fight family. You used to have arguments, you know, like, ah, you know what? Dad, ah, fuck you. Mom, yeah, yeah, okay, you know. But then now it's like, you know, I love you. You know what I mean? And you appreciate the love that they give you. You appreciate a lot than before. You actually, you actually really do. And you see it. You see it like, damn, you know. All this, all, the, all this time, whatever, whatever my parents were telling me or whatever, like, you know, my family members were telling me, it was actually right. Because everything starts to make sense. You know what I mean? Everything starts to make sense slowly. So that's just how it is. I don't know if that yeah. was helpful. No, it, uh, it, it was. Um, although I'll probably, when you, when you said life is good, I was like, yo, I don't know if I can agree in terms of adulthood. Each time I get a debit order, I feel like life is definitely not bad, not good. Uh, but uh, no, no, I'm saying good by know what I mean by good. Yeah. What? By good, I'm not talking about like you know materialistic stuff. Like okay, I'm getting money, all this stuff. No, I'm talking about the basic things, the basic things in life. You get it? Do okay. you have Do you have food? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you know what I'm saying? You have that. Do you have a, Do you have a family that loves you? Do you have people that actually you know you know care about you? You know what I'm saying? That's That's what I'm talking about. Like life is good. Yeah. Not about, you know, like my dream, you know, I wanted to be a musician or something, something like that. No, no, no. Like, just simple things, bro. No, I hear you, man. I appreciate it. Um, I know you raised your hand. So maybe let me also add the next uh, direction of the topic. So we've talked about careers, we've talked about relationships. So maybe the topic, because obviously Shelton also raised the element of this. And maybe the aspect of this topic is important to also have and it's money. And I think I can definitely say being an adult without money is it brings a different life. It brings its own pandemic to your life. And the social pressures that you experience, 
uh, whether from family, friends, uh, relationships or potential relationships, um, just survival on top of that is, is something that uh, becomes a challenge when you don't have money or enough money. Uh, so Spiwe, maybe the question in terms of uh, being an adult, what is your relationship with money uh, at this particular point in your life as in a working adult? Spiwe? Okay. Um, can I just yeah, yeah, answer the, say something to the previous uh, yeah, discussion yeah. we've had? Definitely. Yeah. So what I learned of recent from this book that I'm um, reading, The Courage of Being Disliked, very interesting read, I would totally recommend it, especially as an adult. Um, So the philosopher or psychologist, they say that um, in life you learn, in in school and tertiary, they teach you what you've got to learn to prepare you for life. But at the same time, then they teach you how to acquire more. So don't always expect that your institutions will teach you everything to ready you for your job. So some of the things is that what you need to learn is how do I then further myself with the skills that they've equipped me with to get more education and more knowledge. So it's not about just getting that degree and and ending there, but there's more to it. Now that I've been equipped, now that I know how to research, now that I know how to study, now that I know how to read, how do I then get more knowledge in other fields and other aspects of life to better myself and to make myself a better uh, candidate in future type of thing. So really, they will never teach us everything, but they give us the skills and the tools to gather more insights and more knowledge. So that's just that. And then um, with money, I've always been a, a magnet for money in my life. And I love that about myself. Come from a very disadvantaged background, but I always knew in my head that I'm going to be filthy rich one day, <laughs> going to school with uh, shoes with holes, always looking from the lost and found box with the caretakers from the school just to dress me so that I look like other kids. But in my mind, I knew that I'm going to be damn rich, you know? So um, that aside, now reality kicked in to say that, okay, let's see how you make yourself rich. Because previously money used to come from parents, grandparents, and all those other things, maybe selling there and there. But now reality had to kick in, kick in. And I'm a giver. I love giving people money. So, but as I saw that, I actually was getting money to give out money a lot and seldom for savings. So now in my life, I'm in a point where I, okay, wait. And I read, um, the the, mid, the the richest man in Babylon of recent and it was an, a grand eye opener and I'm like I love this I love this I needed this at this point in time in my life first you save you know every tenth of what you get put it aside let it get you in some money and stuff like that so because it's easy for me to get money but how do I now get money to work for me you know type of thing so that's where I'm at right now with money to say okay Girl, here's money. What do we do? We invest. Okay, after investing, we see, okay, I need this and this and this here and here and here. And it's not as easy as I'm making it sound, guys. It's practice over time because my habits were always to say, okay, uh, I'm staying at home with mom and dad. I don't need much. So whoever needs money, oh, you need money? Here you go. Oh, you need money? Oh, here you go. Sometimes you don't even have to ask. I'll be like, okay, I think you need money. Here you go, you know, type of thing. But now how do I think for the future? 
you know, I don't plan to have kids. I don't want to have kids, but I love kids, you know? Um, so how do I now make sure that the kids that I say I love, how do I make a difference for them? How do I make a difference for my country, you know, and stuff like that? So do I open a trust? Do I uh, buy into uh, units, bonds, all of these things? So I'm getting and acquiring more knowledge now about money and how money can work for me instead of me chasing money and in all these certain places. So I'm really happy with where I'm at now with my money status. Um, and I recently bought a house. And I was like, yay. So now that's another investment that I'm, I'm venturing into. And I'm looking into going to property and all of those things. And liaising with people are already making it in property. How do you do it, guys? School me, reading more and, you know, attending more webinars and seminars and all of those things. So for me, um, I am really excited about where I'm at, about money right now. Um, so if you want to know how to acquire money, I'm here at a cost, at a charge. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a very deep business move uh, to be charging people how to make money. Um, Sibu, I see you raised your hand. Um, I'm not sure if you want to also participate in this particular question. Uh, Sibu, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about like my relationship with money. But first of all, I wanted to say, hey, Spiwe, like I met her once at Great Dane and she did look like she's got money. Like she looked like that rich bitch vibes. You know what I mean? I was like, hey. So, but I want to talk about my relationship with money where I, so like when I see adulthood, I see it in the sense that now you've got this money that's coming and how, how or what you do with it would like determine what your future is like. So for example, I would go out on a Friday night and like spend more than what I was supposed to spend. And then the next, the next few days I'm almost regretting or even the next month, you know, I don't have money for like going to work or whatever. So currently my relationship with money is one of those where I'm like, dude, don't fuck it up. Like I'm constantly saying, Sybil do the best thing, Sybil do the good thing. And it's so tricky because I'm supposed to be enjoying or living or enjoying my life. But I'm at that point where I'm like, is this the right thing? So it's always that 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 what do you call it? That that battle between is this the right investment? Like even when I have to like invest into like a particular investment, like you ask yourself, is this good? Is this whatever? So I would say is, is one of those things where in my adulthood I'm just constantly on some what am I doing? And I actually, you know, every time I hear of conversations about adulthood and adulthood, we always talk about how hard it is and we don't even make it better. Like, it's almost like it's always a pity party. And so I love what, what Spiro said. She's like, if you need ways to make money or how to make your money grow, hit me up. That sounds more, you know I mean? I'm excited about that because now I know maybe after this call, I could also buy a house like she did. She can tell me her plaque, you know, stuff like that. So I'm, I, I yeah, I think that's my, what I Thanks, Sibu. That's a great point. Um, I think adulthood shouldn't just be looked from a negative aspect, especially with everything that's going on in the world. Uh, you tend to feel like the world is against you and your competition with your peers. Financially, you want to be, you know, especially with social media these days, you almost feel like you have to keep up with everyone else. Uh, Vusi, uh, Sabelo, I see you raised your hand. So maybe I can also add to, because there was another question in terms of money. And with the money that you earned, uh, I know Sibu mentioned this, uh, but, you know, the balance between self-indulgence in terms of doing things that you enjoy, I don't know, going out with friends, traveling, 
versus responsibilities. So with the question that you've heard earlier, how important is in terms of divide between self-indulgence, pleasures, self-care, if you want to call it that, versus responsibilities such as giving money to your parents, supporting your, your community and other responsibilities, your bills, putting money aside versus actually enjoying your early adulthood. What is that balance for you? But yeah, answer it whichever you feel. Okay, um, with me, I think, how do I put it? For responsibilities, I think I oversave and I also think I overspend. So I will save a lot of money, but with the little bit that I'm left, I will overspend it just like that. So let's say I would have, I do have responsibilities that I have to take care of month end. I have to give my parents money. I will do that, give the parents money. But now, even if you give them money at home, as long as you are around, <laughs> they're always taking bits and pieces of the money that you have. You'll, you'll buy groceries, you'll give them everything, but as long as they see you, you know how cocos are. They always, eh, yes, I don't have this, I don't have that. They don't even ask for money. They just tell you a situation that they're facing. And then your guilt just says, here's something. Do that, do that. So I do save money, but I think I oversave. Because I would see that I, I do have money, but that money, I think I'll access it over th- over a period of three years, or I saved money for this and that. But then at the end, with the little that I have, I just overspend it. And I, I think I really need some discipline with spending money. Because I'm that person would say, I, I won't buy something that costs a thousand bucks. But in a day, I will use that thousand bucks spending hundred rents here, 150 there, 200 rents. Before you know it, I've spent around 2000 in, in that one day because I feel like spending this money in small pieces, uh, it's not really as bad as spending it in chunks, buying something that costs 2000 or buying something. And I'm lucky enough that I'm a DJ on the side. I do make um, some extra money, some extra good money. Like that money can pay for rent and it can also buy me groceries. But now the problem is self-indulgence. I know I have maybe three gigs in a weekend. Maybe I can make around 10,000 in that weekend. So I know in my pocket, I do have 10,000. What I end up doing is I know I <laughs> the money I'm going to get from gigs, it will just replace that 10,000. I start overindulging myself, spending a lot on booze, spending a lot of food, spending a lot of on transport and everything. By the time I get that money coming from gigs, it all, it all goes to all the things that I was supposed to do with the money that I had. And then, So I think I really need some discipline. I don't know. I need someone. I need to be with someone who can whisper in my ear whenever I see something nice. Someone who's always handling things for me. Or someone who can tell me, no, you can't get that. No, you're not here to drink alcohol. You're here to DJ. No, let's leave. You see, I think I need that kind of discipline. Yes, I do save money. I oversave money. I spend money sometimes and I do overspend it. I take care of everything, but I end up, I think, overtaking care of all those things more than taking care of my needs and everything that I want. Okay. Yeah. Now I hear you there. I think 
one of my biggest problems is yo, I have a very difficult relationship with bank notifications. Like I'm probably the quickest, <laughs> so quick when I get a bank notification just to swipe it away because I don't want to see the amount. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 me. Uh, but I think I think I still also, as you said, I'll probably also need to learn some aspects of of managing money. Um, Asanda, I uh, haven't heard much from you, so maybe I can also pose the same question to you. Um, let me just progress the topic. Uh, so, in your view, what is your view in terms of the whole issue around self-indulgence and allocating money to responsibilities, from your point of view? Okay. Um... Uh, okay, so recently, uh, only now I've been thinking about this, I've adopted this approach on delayed gratification over instant um, instant gratification. And that saves me a lot with uh, the things that I want to buy. And I'm always thinking twice because these are the kind of conversations I have with my parents. And they always ask me, is it, like, whatever I buy, is it, some, is it really something that I need? So that saved me a lot. But because I'm currently at home, I'm sort of in a really comfort, comfortable space. And when I'm not at home, like living alone outside, um, when I was in varsity and I was living alone, it was completely different with the way I handled money and the way I've seen money. So I'm truly grateful that I got a chance to just be outside the house and see how I manage money. And it was, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about how to manage money and how to nurture the relationship I have with money. And uh, I really like engaging with these kind of conversations because you're always learning a lot about money management. And yeah, so I think I answered your question. No, I Anything think, else? No, I think you did. Uh, okay. Thanks, Asanda. Um I think you know money is a is a is a very broad topic. Um, maybe I can have more conversations or topics on the podcast about money. Um, one of the other things maybe I can raise in terms of adulthood, and this was something we had another discussion on a previous podcast, and that was about health. And health is a very broad topic in itself, but particularly your physical health and your mental health. And that's something that as a, as an adult, you know probably as, as someone who was 19 or 16 years old, I could go a whole day without sleeping, wake up or wake, sleep for maybe two hours and then I'm still have energy to do whatever I want. Um, yeah, and as, as I've got older, my body is not not the same. My The way I eat, I, if I eat something big, yo, it's, it's, uh, my energy is not the same and all those kind of things. And furthermore, mental health itself, you know, with all the pressures of being an adult brings its own other problems that affect your health. So maybe my question now is in terms of what is the kind of way in which you as an individual handle in terms of your health, in terms of self-care, whether it's your mental health or your physical health? Uh, maybe let me start with Babato. Uh, the floor is yours. What is, what is, how, do, how do you manage that for yourself? Um, so when I was, I, sure, let's start with firstly my mental health. I'm, I'm a writer. My mental health is very important because, um, I write from that space. So, um, I, I'm very big on protecting myself when I'm tired, I rest. When I'm burned out, I take time out. I hang around people that really bring out the best in me, people that make me feel good about myself when I walk away from them. Um, ultimately that allows me to do the same for others. I'm so big on 
I am aware of um, it's important for me how I experience people and how they experience me. And that's important for my mental health. So when I'm not okay, I have, I have to have somebody to speak to. Um, even if it means I do book in for a therapy session, um, that's important. And then when it comes to my physical health, I was about two years ago that I actually decided this is, this is not, it's not looking good. (laughs) Two years ago, I had an epiphany of as a black woman. And I'll say that as a black woman, I don't ever recall coming from a black household where we ever spoke about health. I don't ever recall in terms of let's eat right. You know, I don't ever recall someone saying, maybe let's not have uh, fries and eggs and and sausages. And I, I don't ever recall somebody saying, maybe let's not do that. And I had a thing of, as a black woman going into the world, um, I'm going to be somebody's mom one day. And I, I'm aware of what I expect from my body and what I want my body to do for me. And it was really two years ago that I started working out and I started going to the gym. Very difficult. But then I saw, I often say food is information. I really started seeing how I am better when I eat certain foods. You understand? I perform better. I show up better in the world when certain food really has does a number on my emotions does a number on how I feel. And, you know, you feel good, you do good. It's just, that's just it. You feel good, you do good, you show up good in the world. So it is a big part of who I am. Mental health and physical health is just so, 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 so important to me. Staying hydrated, drinking your water, minding your business. That's like so key because it's so good for your mental health. Yeah. No, I, I love I love the last part. Um, yeah. Drink a lot of water and mind your own business. Uh, that's, a, that's a good start in terms of one's own health. Uh, Shelton, um, before I go to you, let me probably also have Lungster. Lungile, um, what is your what is your way or routine in terms of how you manage your your mental and also your physical health? And I can go to Shelton after that. I think growing up from a, a disadvantaged um, background, food has always been actually junk food has always been seen as a reward. You know, for me, it has was a sign of being that I've arrived. Now I can eat McDonald's from Monday to Monday because McDonald's used to be, you know, you used to see McDonald's passing, you used to see it on TV. Now that I can afford it, for me, it was more of a reward. Um, that's why I moved from a size 26 to a size 32 in less than three months. Uh, from size 33, I was somewhere in the region of size 36 at some point. I didn't realize that something needs to change. And um, part of that is my habit and my relationship with this so-called a uh, reward. Um, so I had to read it because like Usbaba just said, in our, in our black communities, we don't speak about healthy eating. I mean, you can't be preoccupied about healthy eating while you're trying to just get a meal. You know, just just the one, one just to have a, something on the plate. You know, so to speak about eating healthy, to eat about, you know, uh, grilling instead of frying, uh, that's luxury for us. So, so for me, Junk food became a, some sort of, uh, you know, of some status, something that I've arrived, something that I measured myself. I think I needed that so that I can then be able to make the conscious decision that I made. I'm very wary of the food I eat. I'm suddenly I'm starting to eat a lot of healthy food, and 
I'm not going to say I'm exercising, but I take a lot of walks lately um, because I realize good And I have stopped signing up for gym membership because I'm only making vision active, platinum, whatnot, very rich without visiting the place. So what I've done is that I've started to take more realistic goals. Instead of driving to the shops, I will start walking to the shop at work. Instead of driving to another building, I start walking to the other building. And I've seen that, you know, it has... I've seen a lot of change. I'm now at least from 36. I'm now back at my size 32, uh, 34, 32, 34, somewhere there. I also hope that at least I will be consistent in size 32. And hopefully I will remain there and not go up. So I, I think because of we not speaking about this, I think it becomes something that, um, I mean, if you have to discuss this with someone, that just barely made it in terms of having a blade to eat. It seems as if it's luxury. So I think um, my my current state, I'm now cognizant. I'm now aware of myself. I'm aware of um, I'm aware of my 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 very abusive relationship with food, and I'm really uh, trying to come out of it. And um, one step at a time. Hey guys, my healthy food is expensive. On this, as I said, no, that it's expensive. But I think we need it as more, and especially as you grow older, some of us Peter, are very old now. As you grow older, you really need to start taking care of yourself because if you don't take care of your body, your body will not be able to carry you. So, yeah. Uh, thanks, Munster. Um, Shelton, uh, the floor is yours. I think for me personally, um, I was one person in my family, older men don't usually gain weight to all basically slenders and tall people. And one thing I always thought to myself, uh, I can eat anything and nothing will happen to me. Um, I could eat a whole quarter and yeah, I'm fine. I'm, st- I'm still good for all two days or a whole week uh, until I got much older and you start realizing, yo, uh, this thing was really having a toll on my body. And I was like, yeah. Uh, so, and I think one of the hardest things, especially when you're working or when you're still studying is getting to the habit of cooking. And I think that's, that's the, that was a, something that was very hard for me to do and find time to do. Uh, but Shelton, what do you want to say? Uh, yeah, I know Sabelo, you also raised your hand. I'll, I'll go to you afterwards. Uh, to be honest, um, I think that I'm not healthy for shit. And I, I think I know that, but sometimes I'm just in denial. You know what I mean? But you, you, know, you know how it is, like, you grow up and you're made to believe that you need something to get it. Like you need to eat a burger, you need to eat ice cream and all this stuff. And then you, you're made to like it because there are all these adverts, you know, that you see everywhere, everywhere you go. There are always these adverts. They've been, they've been put into your head since you were a child, you know what I mean? Like candy, all these things. But all these things are actually like fucking up your body. So now when you grow up, it's kind of hard, you know, to like let yourself go from, from all that. You know what I mean? So this is what ends up happening. And then now when you start like drawing, start trying to eat healthy and all this stuff, you always now just look at all that food and you're like, Damn, I really want to eat that. You know what I mean? I really want to eat that. And so this is just like, it's all about you. You know what I mean? If you're down, if you're ready to sacrifice, you know, all this junk food for the healthy stuff, you know, go back to the, like to the roots, like you know, the, the the traditional food, you know what I'm saying? The food that actually 
has a lot of alkaline in it, you know what I'm saying? Food that actually has a lot of you know, um, nutrients and everything like that can actually help you out. You know what I mean, that actually benefits you. And then mental health. Mental health, I think, is the thing whereby, like, don't let people get into your head. Get it? Because ever since we were kids, like, ever since we were children, like, we're always being told what to do. That's just how it is. It's always people's thoughts in your head. You know what I mean? So sometimes, you know, you actually don't even know who you are because you're always living your life for other people. That's how you end up being depressed because, like, sometimes, you know, you end up being lost because you don't know who you are, bro. You know what I mean? Some people actually real, realize that later. That's why you always, like, you know, you end up now having problems with other people and then the next thing, you're attracting negative people in your life and you're wondering, why am I always so negative? Why am I always struggling so much? But it's your decision, it's your choice, and also it's influenced by the energy that you're surrounding yourself with. So what ends up happening now is that when you switch your 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 your, your energy level or your 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 frequency, when you switch your frequency to another group that is actually positive, that's it, that's also in your space, in your also on your level or, or, or your energy level or on your like frequency level, you end up realizing that damn. You know, this feels better than the other group that, that I was in. That that group was actually destroying me, you know, mentally. You know what I mean? These guys actually support me. They actually, you know, like me for who I am, not for the things I have. That's the thing. You get it? Because there are people that end up just liking you because of materialistic things that you own. And then as soon as you lose those things, they're not there for you. So this can also affect someone. This can also affect someone's mental health. So that's what I'm saying. Like some of these things, you end up growing up realizing that most of these problems in our life is because we let people's judgment, people's thoughts, and and we let people, you know, affect us. But then we just have to realize that, man, at the end of the day, just, you know, don't let it affect you. You can just, you know, like keep moving forward. And you can be all right, but it's normal, you know. We're gonna we're gonna go through all this situation, no, and it's hard, man. It's hard, but we just have to fight it. You know what I mean? Gotta fight it. We have to be warriors, you know. Yeah. No, thanks, Shelton. Um, Sabelo, maybe you can be the last one on this particular aspect, and I can just go to the very last because um, I don't want to take too much time on your Saturday. Uh, so, Sabelo, I know you raised your hand. So, what is your yeah, yeah, and then I can just move to the last. Um, I wanted to touch on mental health with regards to this pandemic. You know, a lot of people are only talking about how this is only affecting their jobs. People are losing their jobs. Uh, people can't afford to feed their families and all of that. But we don't really talk enough about mental health, how it has affected us mentally. I mean, like, I... For example, I like I have more anxiety now. Like meeting new people is no longer that fun. Being in new spaces, it's always having a toll on me. Hearing that, hey, your grandmother was coughing last night. Hey, like if, if hearing someone that hearing someone close to you that is sick, like you always have this depression about close family always having depression when you're on your own, always spending time alone and taking care 
of your mental health, it's very expensive, man. I tried therapy. Hey, it's expensive. I only went to one session. Come the following month, I'm like, hey, no, I can't afford this. So mental health, it's something that is taking a toll on us black people, especially people coming from disadvantaged backgrounds. It's really taking a toll on them. But we don't really discuss it. We don't really talk about it because a lot of our old people, a lot of our friends don't really understand it. They don't really understand what's going on to them. Why are they feeling this way? Because they are always alone most of the time. Always having to take care of yourself. Always having social distancing. So all of these things, we only talk about it, about them, and then we do them when we get to shops. But when we are alone, you start to see that a lot is changing and is really affecting your mental health. So I don't know. I just wish we could find ways where we could make it easier for Black people or for people coming from disadvantaged backgrounds to deal with mental health. Maybe find organizations, just do something to help these people to understand what's happening to them, how to deal with depression. Because we only say, especially on girls, when they start having depression and all of that, we think, ah, it's puberty. It's hormones. She's, she's going old. That's why she's acting this way. That's why this is happening. And that's not really always the case. I'm a teacher. I do have some learners would come, talk to me about certain things that are happening at home. And then you'd see that this person is suffering from a mental disorder or something. is suffering from something that she needs help or he needs help. But because we don't understand it, we simply say, I want to know, this child does not listen and all of that. But we don't really, really address a lot of us are suffering from mental health, especially in disadvantaged communities. Yeah. Uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you raising that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> During the pan- pandemic, um, a lot of us, we talk about um, losing jobs and, you know, how unfair the regulations are to some degree or, you know, things like that. And we tend to ignore that, you know, you always look within yourself, your own problems, but you don't really sometimes look at what other people are going through and just checking up on some people and say, are you okay? Are you good? I know we haven't spoken in a while. So that's something everyone, I think, including myself, probably has to do better on. I know it's something that can help, you know, just reaching out. And maybe like, because I've previously had a clinical psychologist. Uh, she was one of the guests, one of the guests in one of the previous episodes. Um, so maybe I can maybe... If you, if maybe if this topic for another episode, we can talk about um, ways we can address issues of mental health. But yeah, I think yeah, that's a that's a very important point to raise. Um, I think to move because for the sake of time, um, I don't have the luxury of just having you guys for the whole day because you probably have other things to do. Um, we've spoken about adulthood from the context of careers, relationships, um, even the point of mental and physical health, and even the aspect of money. And looking at all that and understanding, I want to probably end the top the conversation in terms of um, what, especially when it comes to your childhood, uh, and, and I say that in context of your parents, your family, and furthermore, the environment you grew up in. And the question is then, do you think that is a conducive way in which you were raised and just beyond just your parenting of your parents? Uh, but just your environment, and that is a good environment for one to form into being a healthy adult in this modern world. 
I'm not sure if my question is very clear, but in other words, the environment that you grew up in, do you think it is was a conducive or a healthy environment for one to grow up in, whether it's within your own household, the community that you lived in? And is that kind of space, was it a healthy way in which one can become a healthy adult? And if not, um, what exactly would be your view on that in terms of what can be changed? Um, yeah, and I think that can be the last question for this discussion. Um, so maybe let me start, because um, obviously I've, I've started last with Sabelo, I was gonna ask him first, but I think for the sake of progress, Sibu, maybe you can start with this particular last question and then we can just have everyone participate and then we can just close uh, for the day. So what is your take in terms of, or your view in terms of the environment that you grew up in and whether it's conducive for this modern day of one being an adult? So, you know, I look at this question and I'm like, but am I trying to um, devalue my, like, it's like one of those things, like, am I now going to look down, like, look back and be like, actually, I grew up in a shitty environment and whatever, whatever. But I'm realizing that whatever environment I was brought up in has made me the person I am today. So, um, okay, the, I'm saying this because my answer to that question was saying that I grew up in Limpopo and I can tell you this, when you grow up in Limpopo, you're always told about be humble, be respectful, um, don't, don't, don't be so bold about your decisions or whatever, whatever. But what I'm realizing when you're in Johannesburg, most of the peers that I'm with, there are people from Soweto, there are people from uh, the East End who are very bold, who are, who are, who are brought up to be go-getters. They know, they know nothing about being humble. They're like, be humble for who? You know what I mean? So right now I'm asking myself, I'm like, so was my background, like, is it now making me be like this timid person going into the world a bit timid? But also you can look at it in a way that those kind of values have made me be the person I am today. So I feel like it's, it's it's one of those things where I feel like whatever situation we were individually brought up into or you were dropped into, you were made to survive that and to make whatever you are of who you are today. So I'm not going to look down and say my environment has, you know what, actually I would even feel like it's somehow blaming um, your background for what you are today instead of actually owning up and making yourself become something of who you are today. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. But yeah, uh, so those are my thoughts on that particular question. Now, I think you know, as, as soon as you said about the aspect of being taught to be humble, and especially for a lot of Black people, especially when you want to work in corporate or you want to grow in your career, you know, you tend to be the quiet one in the room. Uh, you don't want to raise your opinions on something that you have issues with. And that's something I, I saw within myself when I started working that out. I thought, let me be the laid back person in, in my working environment, or even in public spaces where you're amongst people who are different from you. Uh, people are more go-getters. They express, you know, someone will tell you, go shoot your shot, you know, and be like, ah, hey, let, me, let, me, let me lay back, you know. This, I'm not my personality kind of thing. And then you kind of realize, now nah, I need to be more frank with how I express myself and my views. Um, let me go to Asanda. Um, what is your take on your background or your environment, how you grew up and what effect in terms of being an adult and not, not just within yourself, but do you think that kind of environment, if let's say you were to repeat for yourself on your own children or someone younger than you, do you think that is a environment one should change 
or the elements of it that you just did, Asanda? So, um, because <laughs> um, when I think about the environments I'm in right now, Kinamarasburg is a very small town and there's not much like opportunities to explore yourself. It's very limited. It's very, this, you can get really stuck and be complacent and just stay at home and be that person and not necessarily growing. But I do agree with that the environment I'm in doesn't still the, the foundations, the discipline and everything. But I would advise my children to explore to learn more about themselves, but outside where they are right now, with whatever environments they're within at the moment. So, yeah, because when I was in Joburg, it's completely different. Like, people are go-getters. They have, they are so brave. They have thick skin. And people here in Marisburg are completely different. They are more, they're just chilled. It's like a completely different dynamic. So, I would say explore, explore. Just find yourself and grow. Because where you, but at the same time, you can't blame your environment because they give you tools and you can still survive in that environment and do the most and really like be something big. So it's really up to you what you do with the tools and disciplines that you're given at the end of the day. Yeah. Thanks, Asanda. Yeah. Uh, Lungile, um, you've heard the question. Um, you have your own back. You're probably someone who grew up in Kaoteng, so I don't know if if you are if you if you consider yourself to have thick skin. Uh, but what is your experience in terms of your environment and how that has shaped you, and whether it's conducive enough even to the future for the next generation, considering where you're from? Yeah, I'm born and bred in Kaoteng, Eastern to be exact. For sure, uh, look, guys, Tina is a dog eat dog world from very from age one from. From day one, you know, you must hustle to find it, to survive. I don't even have thick skin, Peter. I have an armor. You can't touch me. You can't say anything that will help me. If I want what I want, I go for what I want. Whether you like it or whether you are happy about it, I, I go for what I want. Whether you think, look, that's the, what the environment taught us to be. I'm grateful for that. The only thing I'll remove from my environment is that it's the lack, not the inability to be able to procure things, the ones that you want in particular. But other than that, look, it taught us Guti, you don't need you don't need to be qualified. You qualify yourself, you move. You don't need to look, I don't need look by all means necessary. That's what my environment taught me. Look, I go to places which I don't qualify to be. I say I speak to people that are not qualified because I always tell myself that if I want it, I'm going to go for it. Whether you feel good about it or whether you don't feel good about it, whether you think I'm humble about it, that's what my environment taught of me. And um, and I'm grateful for that. And um, I would not change it for for anything else. I see, we we'll stay humble, my good sir. Some of us will, nah, we are fine with our humbleness, nah. If humble, if you're being, if you're going to be humble and broke, nah, that's what we were taught. That is why all the scammers are from Gauteng, all the hustlers are from Gauteng, all those things because we go big or go home, and you'll be humble after you have the money. Money will humble you. We had before the money, uh, unless have you guys been? Um, of course, you've been exposed to the beggars. Those guys are the most humble people because they need something from you. 
find them outside of the element of being in the street with a post and anything. You look at their face, they are so humble. It's because they want something from you. If your humbleness is not going to generate something for you, our I put you down outside, man. We don't want to see that. We don't want to hear about your humbleness. Because at the end of the day, we live in the most populated province. All the people that are here are trying to make ends meet. So what will make you stand out is that you have to climb on top of every other people. And sometimes it makes you slightly, you know, less of a human or inhumane. But that's the, 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 the beauty of the game is... You, it's the dog eat dog world kind of an environment. So I'm happy with my environment. I love my environment. I will hope that my kids will take a part of it, and but not all of it. A part of it. And look, the streets have taught us a lot of things, and we've benefited from the streets. I will not change anything from that. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks. Um, we are. Uh, Shelton, before you go, uh, let me just have others, and I think you can just go after. Let me have Sibaba talk. Uh, let's have reviewing, then Shelton, you can go afterwards. Uh, I love, um, I love, I love what Mungile just said about um, the streets made us. You know, I, uh, I love that. Um, I come from a village girl. <laughs> I'm a village girl. Come from a village. Um, my environment taught me community. Um, it, 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 it taught me community more than anything else. I can go everywhere. My environment taught me community. Um, is it conducive? Of course not. Um, is it an environment I want to raise my children in? No, but our environment is us, you know, when we, when we, I think we get privileged to go outside of our environment and we get an honor and we get to see and we get to choose who we become. But there's things that our environment teaches us that, I mean, that really makes us us. And especially as black people, our environment makes us black and it reminds us, Uti, this is, this is who you are. This is who you are. And for me, I'm, as much as I say, to, I want, of course, I want my children to have more exposure. I want them to see the world. But there's something about my little village environment that reminds me I'm human. And that reminds me, that just brings me back and connects me again to everyone. So I, I, I am a believer that you'll always be bigger than your environment. But the streets, you are who the streets made you to be, man. And they taught you something. Bad or good or whatever, the streets that you grew up on taught you something and that thing that they taught you was a lesson that life will require of you later on. That's what I believe. Thank you for that. Um, I, ho I hope next time when I, if someone tells me I belong to the streets, it's a compliment uh, rather than, than the opposite. Um, Shelton, uh, I know you wanted to speak, then after that voice. Yeah. Should I talk? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, the ghetto, the streets, the truth is they actually give you more love than um what's it called than being in the than, than being in a town or like like the city. That's the truth. Because in the ghetto or in the streets and stuff, you know, people are actually real. You know what I mean? You understand each other, you know, that you're all struggling. You know what I mean? You all understand each other, you're in the same boat. That's how it is. And then there's this whole, you know, thing about, you know, some people, you know, they actually respect you. 
who you are. They actually love you for who you are, not about what you own. That's just how it is. But then when you go to the city now, it's kind of different. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone is chasing, you know, everyone is chasing after, you know, these materialistic things. And they don't really care about you as a human being, I say, you know what I mean? They just care about what you want and what you have. Or how can I benefit from this person? So, you know, growing up, you know, in certain places can also, you know, change your behavior. You know what I mean? Because, you know, there's some people, you know, that, that grew up, you know, really comfortable. They can become arrogant. Get it? They can become selfish. They can become, you know, you know, what's it called? Like, they, they don't understand, you know what I'm saying? But then you find that, you know, some people that actually struggled, you know what I mean? And they didn't have much. They we end up developing, you know, emotional intelligence because they understand what others are going through. You know what I'm saying? They understand the struggle. You know what I'm saying? So this ends up, you know, changing someone's behavior to the sense that, you know, in, in the ghetto or like, you're not growing, you're not growing up everything. You're not growing up everything. You just understand, you know what, like that, that it is what it is, but I want more for my family. You know what I'm saying? So you take all that love that you're given in the ghetto or in the street and you use it for yourself sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? I appreciate what's happening. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the people. I appreciate the love. And you're going to teach your children that as well. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to want your, your kids to have a better life. You want them to live the same way that you're living. But also, you're going to take all that and teach them. You know what I'm saying? So this is what happens, man. But then I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, like living in the city is bad. It's not bad. You know, at the end of the day, it depends on the person. You know what I mean? Like, it depends on the person. Because there are people that have lived in the city and they're really, really, really nice people. That's how, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then your environment too, you know, can actually mold you to become someone else. It just depends on who you are, you know, and what you take in. No. I, th- I think that's it. Thanks, sir. Yeah. Uh, Sabelo, you raised your hand, you'll be the last one, and then I think you can wrap up uh, the podcast. But um, with me, I think the streets can either make you or break you. Because in the streets, you get all these, you experience a lot of things in the streets. There are good things that you can take from the streets. There are bad things that they glorify in the streets, whereby you end up taking them as well, thinking that these are good things but you end up being a very, very wrong person or a bad person because of what you got from the streets. Um, like me, like you, um, I use the streets, I'm, I'm from the ghetto. So you can either use the streets to motivate you to say, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to live here. They can motivate you to become a better person or they can motivate you to be the streets, to become what you see in the townships. So with me, a part of me, um, with regards to having a conducive environment, I was at some point, but at some point I was not. And I was lucky because of a huge turning point. I ended up leaving where I was living at first and then started staying with my mother. And that changed me a lot and made me into the person that I am now. But I feel if I had stayed where I was staying before, I could live with my mother. I have a strong feeling that I would have glorified some of the bad things that were happening in the streets and ended up taking them and just ended up being a different person altogether. So I think 
the environment. My kids, yes, I would want my kids to experience a part of that environment, but it has to be controlled because you can change as easy as that. So yeah, my phone is ringing. No, it's okay. Uh, <sighs> thanks, everyone. Um, I think today's discussion was a very healthy one. And, you know, previously, some of the topics we get recommended, most people want to talk about love and uh, social media and those kind of things, which is a, is a good good things to have. You know, it's, it's a very fun co- conversation. But I think these kind of conversations have a balance of both fun and educational. So I think I appreciate each of you participating in the discussion. Unfortunately, Kobile and Speedway had to leave uh, Speedway because of network issues and uh, Kobile just because of some health factors, but she's, she's okay. Um, but I think, you know, everything I've learned today is, is, is very informative from each of us. And I think each of us have at least learned something differently from each different person. And I think that's the goal with each podcast. You know, you bring different people from different backgrounds and you share your views. You actually find out a lot of people have a lot in common, even though you don't really know each other. Uh, particularly for me, you know, as Lungsta was saying about, you know, how we grew up. And I think for me, humility was something I still bear dear and close to me, you know. As much as I sometimes think, yo, I remember back in varsity, I gave someone so much money and I never got it back. And that person did ABCD or someone backstabbed me. But, you know, when you, I think the way I was raised and the experiences I've been through, I've actually appreciated that even though there's negative aspects, my humility has also helped me build good relationships with certain people, um, whether it's at work, even just relationships with some of you here. Um, humility has helped in my certain places. And then in certain spaces where I don't need my humility, I need to utilize more aggressive position, be more affirmative in what I believe in and those kind of things. So I think there's a balance in each of those things. But uh, I think for my, just to part the... the um, I believe. Sorry, no problem. I believe in the importance of having a balance. Uh, I always believe there's there's no manual in terms of being an adult. Unfortunately, there's no manual in terms of being a parent. I always think my parents did a good or bad job, but sometimes I always realize, especially now I'm an adult, that they just took it as they come, took it as it comes, and I, and I think that's that's just what it is. And I appreciate for what they've done, whether it was good or bad. Um, who I am today because of that. And I think each of you show unique traits that I think are actually valuable and as an adult. And I think a lot of people can learn from each of you. So I appreciate you guys being on the podcast and I hope uh, you guys have learned something. Um, and hopefully we can have more different discussions about this kind of things. Uh, just in terms of how it's going to happen, I'm going to probably upload the podcast that you know I uploaded on Spotify, YouTube, ETC. So I'll send you guys the link uh, probably either tomorrow or Monday. I don't. I no longer do the live stream stuff because I feel like if I'm gonna produce quality stuff, at least let me edit stuff so at least uh, people can at least see quality beyond just a Zoom meeting. You know, it's a podcast, so you also want people to actually enjoy what they're listening to with quality audio and quality video. So yeah, I'll do all that and then I'll let you know once everything's uploaded. Uh, but thank you again for being part of the podcast, and I'll let you know when everything's up and running. And hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah, cool. Um, so, cheers guys and enjoy.